What's going on, Far Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars in 10. How's everyone doing this Thursday? Well, I got through my first infusion and it was a doozy. Only two to four to go. They have to see how I respond to the treatment and all that stuff. But I know what will make me feel better. Getting to some Star Wars. So let's start the show. And how do we do that? By dropping the intro. <laughs> The sight of the huntress seated at one of the viewing tables near the edge of the casino refocused her thoughts on the task at hand. The stolen fortune, like all the casinos in paradise, overlooked the arena built at the center of the orbital platform. Through the large transparent steel windows, patrons could watch combatants, typically beasts or slaves, fight to the death. While it was common for betters to wager on the outcome of each battle, Lucia realized that couldn't be the case with the Huntress. Iktochi were rumored to have telepathic and precognitive powers, and as a result, they were barred from gambling at virtually every casino in the galaxy. Lucia realized she had to be enjoying it purely for the brutality of the kill. The Huntress was seated in the farthest corner, her back to one wall. She was dressed in the same black cloak she had worn during their previous encounter. Her heavy hood was thrown back to reveal the horns that curled down to her shoulders, framing her sharp features. Lucia could only see her in profile, the black tattoos tracing down from her lips, hidden by the angle and the shadows in the corner. From this perspective, there was something striking about the red-skinned Iktochi, a grace and elegance she had never noticed before. She could have been beautiful, she thought with some surprise, but she chose to turn herself into a demon. The Huntress glanced up as she approached and Lucia froze, fixed in place by her piercing yellow eyes. I've been expecting you, the Iktochi said, her voice barely audible over the music and crowd. Expecting me, Lucia replied, too stunned to say anything else. Maybe she really could read minds and see the future. There was collateral damage during my mission on your world, the Huntress explained. The Jedi, I expect your mistress was displeased. Lucia shook her head. That's not why I'm here. Good, because I don't give refunds. I want to hire you again. The Iktochi tilted her head, considering for a second before nodding. Lucia took a seat at the table across from her. Out of the corner of her eye, she could see into the arena where two monstrosities covered in fur and blood tore at each other with claws, tusks, and teeth. One appeared to be an Endorian boar wolf. The other was some type of three-headed canine abomination. A tar beast, the Huntress explained though whether she read Lucia's mind or simply the confusion on her face wasn't clear. Lucia turned her head away in disgust. You have other rebels you want me to eliminate? The assassin guessed. No. At least I don't think so, she thought. My mistress wishes to meet with you in person, on a world called Ambria. The assassin's eyes narrowed suspiciously. Why Ambria? I don't know, Lucia answered honestly. She wouldn't tell me. She only said she wants to meet you there alone. She is willing to pay triple your normal rate. She slid a data pad across the table. Here is the location. Lucia was certain she would refuse. It sounded too much like a trap. 
But the huntress simply sat back in her chair and didn't speak for a very long time. She almost seemed to slip into some type of trance. Waiting patiently, Lucia did her best to ignore the bloody show playing out in the arena. She didn't approve of killing for sport or pleasure. It seemed pointless and cruel. Despite her refusal to watch, a roar from the tables along the viewing windows told her the match had ended. One of the animals must have dealt a fatal wound to the other. Instinctively, she turned her head to see the result and was greeted with the sight of the turbies' three heads burrowing into the torn belly of the boar wolf in a race to feast on its organs. She turned away quickly, struggling to control her rising gorge. Tell your mistress I accept her offer, the huntress said, reaching out to seize the data pad with the thick stubby fingers that were common to her species. Their business done, the assassin turned her attention back to the arena, the hint of a smile playing across her painted lips as she watched. Disgusted, Lucia stood up and gave a curt nod before turning to go, eager to leave the station as quickly as possible. The huntress, seemingly enraptured by the gruesome spectacle below, didn't seem to notice her departure. Xana had never actually set foot on Nalhata before, but she knew the world well enough by reputation. While the ruling Hut clans had entirely covered the surface of Nar Shaddaa, the nearby moon with a sprawling cityscape, Nalhutta remained largely undeveloped. The planet's predominant natural terrain of marshland had been poisoned by the pollution spewing unchecked from industrial centers scattered across the world, turning the surface into a cesspool of fetid swamps, capable of supporting only mutated insect life. The capital city of Bilbusa huddled beneath the perpetual sky of greasy gray smog, punctuated only by dark clouds drizzling acid rain on the stained and pockmarked buildings below. The physical ugliness of the world was mirrored by its moral corruption. Hut space had never been a part of the Republic, and the laws of the Senate held no sway here. What few rules there were had been handed down by the powerful Hut clans that controlled nearby Narshada, making Nalhata a haven for smugglers, pirates, and slavers. But protection from Republic law enforcement came with a price. The Huts considered other species to be inferior, and all resident aliens on both Narshada and Nalhata had to pay a hefty monthly fee to one of the ruling clans for the privilege of living under their protection. The exact price fluctuated wildly, depending on the rising and falling fortunes of the respective clan, and it wasn't unusual for it to double or even triple without warning. In such cases, those who were unwilling or unable to meet the new price tended to disappear, with all their possessions and assets being claimed by the sponsoring clan in accordance with Hut law. The bias against other species would have made it difficult for Xana to get the information she needed. The Port Authorities in Nalhada had a deeply ingrained mistrust of outsiders asking questions and it was unlikely any amount of credits could have convinced them to overlook their prejudices to tell her anything useful. Fortunately for her, however, Bane's network of informants and agents included several high-ranking members of the Desilogic clan, one of the most prominent and stable hut factions. In the familiar guise of Alia Omek, Xana was able to use these contacts, along with the ship registration stored in the late Palmat's data pad, to track down the silver-haired man she had followed here from Doan. She'd learned his real name was Set Hearth, and there was a persistent rumor that he had once been a Jedi. She'd also discovered that he was incredibly wealthy. 
and while nobody she spoke with seemed to know the exact source of his vast fortune, all agreed his gains were almost certainly ill-gotten. On Nalhutta, that was generally seen as something to be admired. One other interesting fact had also surfaced during her investigations. Said Hearth was a fixture on the thriving Nalhata social scene. Despite the fact the city was a grimy, greasy pit, ruled over by the oppressive clans of Narshada, or maybe because of it, the non-hut residents of Bilbusa were prone to throwing lavish and extravagant parties, each one a celebration of hedonistic excess. Said Hearth never failed to receive an invitation to these functions, and he was even known to host them several times a year. By good fortune, he was at one of these galas tonight, giving Xana an opportunity to break into Set's mansion to try to gain a better understanding of the man who could possibly become her apprentice. Okay, this part starts with Lucia talking with the Huntress. She was setting up a meeting with her and Sarah. Then it jumps to Xana spying on Set at his mansion on Now Hutting. So Xana will use this time to sneak in and get some intel. Not the best overall part we have heard, but it did give us some information that the author uses to further the story. And I think that's where we'll come to an end for today. Join us tomorrow for the next amazing part. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars in 10. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Kenai Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.